Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open. You can join us here and take control of the airwaves at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online, of course, anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. And you can do that there with you tonight. You've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. So uh, there's, of course, a ton of stuff in the news to discuss. We're going to continue and maybe restart a topic that we start. We tried at the last part of the show yesterday, and we just didn't really have time to dig into it in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah, um, I couldn't even really get the gist of what the article was trying to say yet. Yeah, something about Bitcoiners being psychopaths. What? So, yeah, we, we could talk about that coming up here. Plus, uh, Elon Musk has made an offer to purchase Twitter, and some people thought that that was going to be coming, and it did, uh, apparently earlier today, to the tune of, what was it, $40 billion or something? I thought it was $42 billion. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, so- That's a legit offer. It was a lot more than uh, it's really worth. He paid uh, thirty eight dollars a share last week for what he did buy. Yeah, and this week he offered fifty four dollars a share. Fifty four dollars and twenty cents a share. He wants to take Twitter wow. private. So Five that- four twenty. He did that on purpose. Ah, uh, he did, does that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk does <laughs> yeah. do that stuff. So yeah, he's constantly using the number four twenty and sixty nine. Hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know until Matt pointed out to me. I always thought it was just random letters that he came out with his like Tesla Model S, and then there was the Model E, the three, e. no, the three. Oh, okay. oh the three. like an E, yep. and mm-hmm. then the X, Reversed. and then the Y, so it's yep. sexy. sexy. <laughs> yeah. I like him. <laughs> I don't know he what his, I don't know what his angle is, but I like him. I don't either. Uh, although there's a there's an interview I've been sort of watching very slowly. It it's been a, around since late December, where he sits down with the Babylon Bee editors for almost an hour and 40 minutes and has a conversation with them about various different things. I've only watched 14 minutes of it. It's not my priority or anything like that. But every now and then I'll come back and I'll watch it for, for a few minutes just to see what the guy says. Uh, he's he's obviously at least seemingly freedom friendly in a lot of ways. God, you know, you want to you, you wanna like him. You want to like him and you want to pin that label on him. But then he like, takes welfare. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, no one's perfect. And There's tons of libertarians out there who cash those stimmy checks. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Sure. Well, I, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with... I'll take the nobody position on this one, our co-host nobody, uh, that uh, if you're a libertarian and the government's going to hand you some money and you're willing to do whatever you know strings are attached to, hand, to get that money, then you might as well take it. It ultimately was yours in the first place, likely, and even you know they stole it from you, right? Because that's what that's what governments do. And even if you've already, if somehow you've been able to track the amount of money that you've given to them over the years, and somehow you've taken in more than <laughs> uh, than you've given to them, which would be a real feat. Even then, you know they're still going to give it to somebody. So, like, if if you're using it to advance freedom, okay, fine. Personally, that's not right for me. It doesn't feel right for me. But I, feel I wouldn't. The same. But I wouldn't judge somebody else for for holding that particular. Well, position. I just kind of like to wag my finger at people. Yeah, I would say the thing about the stimulus checks was everybody was getting that, and they literally made me lose my job, and I didn't. The checks oh. made you lose your job. Oh, uh, the government made me lose my job. You mean through the like the, the lockdowns, the lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't. T- I continued to work and refused to just go on welfare and sit on the couch. Right. So. And most people went ahead and sat on the couch. 
Uh, Elon Musk, not a couch sitting kind of guy. He's a, an entrepreneur, a very successful one. And he threw down, uh, again, he's offering $54.20 per share. And that was uh, made today, apparently. He already has a 9.1% stake in the company. Although somebody else bought out, uh, they, they knocked him out of the top position. So he, last week when he became publicly the 9.1% owner, he became the largest shareholder. Now Vanguard Group oh, of course. is apparently a 10% or so holder. Yeah, basically the New World Order, right? Yeah, that's the that's the name of that company. That, are they like the real estate holdings company or something? I think so, that's yeah. Deal? yeah. Well, there's two of them. There's there's two that you always hear about. It's, uh, Vanguard and Blackwater, and I'm sure some of our Black listeners- Rock. Blackrock. Blackrock. Blackrock, yeah. Yeah, and they're on the list, too. I saw the list today of the ownership of Twitter, who owns the most stocks, and they're all in there. Bank of America, Bar- you know, all these big bankers, big major investment groups- it's totally owned from like top to bottom. Yeah, by... and if they don't take this deal that Elon Musk is at, is offering, mm-hmm. that would actually show how fishy the whole thing is because you because uh, it's not about money. If you, it's if not about money, it. if that's if that's the if you know if, if they don't take it, then it's clearly not about money mm-hmm. because th- that board bears a fiduciary responsibility to accept that offer if no one For else their is willing to beat it. Yeah, they have to take that offer if there's no one else willing to beat it. For their shareholders, really, yeah. Well, so if their if their shareholders uh, don't get the payout on that on that big offer, or if somebody doesn't come along and offer to top it, mm-hmm. then it's his. And if they don't take it, then if they don't take it, then they're, well, they're breaching their responsibility and could yeah, be sued. Right? They're they're derelict in their duties. Well, they're trying to spin this narrative that he's somehow threatening democracy with this, so they might just you know, use some backhanded way to take him away or keep it away from him. I Call don't know. him a terrorist and nationalize Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> because they're trying to say, oh, he's he's a threat to democracy right now. That's what all the tweets are saying. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The leftists are freaking out about well, this. Well, that's the funny thing is, you know, Elon Musk is using the same terminology saying that having a free speech platform helps democracy. Yeah, so it doesn't he's... make sense that uh, him buying it to make it uncensored would threaten democracy it's only the other way around yeah the leftists are afraid he's gonna reinstate trump right like that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what they're afraid that's of their, that they're so i mean that's the pettiest <laughs> thing ever right um imagine my, the shrieking and how, if that actually it'd be great it'd be great he couldn't just reinstate trump because he owned twitter sure he could well, he, he'd be the owner oh of the yeah of the Oh, okay, you thought yeah. I meant into the presidency? Yeah, I you meant- no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. no Trump's, Trump will get his Twitter account yeah. back, oh, which would be, be hilarious. I, yeah, I would. Like, man. Um, well, I mean, would Trump take it? He's got his own. Yeah, he would take it. He I hasn't he even would. posted on his own thing. He posted one time in a month. Maybe he hasn't because Elon uh, approached him and was like, just sweet. We got you, bro. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> give, me, give me a minute here. That's funny. I wonder if I wonder if Donald Trump would be willing to kick in any, uh, any partnership money on the uh, venture mm. with Elon Musk. That would be extra hilarious. The company is weighing adopting, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, a so-called poison pill that would block Mr. Musk, who owns 9.2% of the company, from increasing his stake beyond 15% or so, according to a person familiar with things there. Quote, the decision we make and how we execute it is in our hands. No one else's. This is what the CEO said on Monday after Musk had reversed his decision to join Twitter's board. We did report on that earlier this week. A lot of people were expecting Elon Musk was going to take that, and that would have limited him to 14.9% ownership. 
and he wisely did not take. Yeah, that. but I saw that. I was like, he's gonna buy this whole yeah, thing. He's, he's gonna, gonna when he doesn't take that board seat, he's buying this whole thing. I didn't think <laughs> he was gonna do it, and then the news came out. <laughs> what do you think they mean when they say there's a poison pill? That could somehow block this uh, this situation. I don't. Uh, I, they don't. See, they don't even hint at what that could I, possibly mean. I don't think there is one other than maybe a worker strike, mm. a walkout, yeah. maybe. But it's not like Elon Musk isn't prepared to hire all new. He's people. He's got tech people. Yeah. They could just roll right in there. No problem. I'm also my, one of my concerns is they, you know, go, the, the Google Store and the Apple Store, what, Google Play and the Apple Store, both uh, through uh, Rumble. Out right was it Rumble they threw out uh, one or the other of those it was things one of the big uh, ones parlor parlor something that was one of those um, I wonder if they're uh, getting ready to throw Twitter in the dumpster too if uh, Elon Musk takes over and allows a free speech place to exist they certainly could they could do that uh, now that'd be a pretty big fish to uh, throw into the garbage though right there Twitter's a big deal they're well it might delist that. Uh, can't people just get on Twitter from the internet? Because yes. that's how I get on Twitter. Yeah, you can just yeah. go on a mobile well, browser. Yeah. Couldn't you still be able to after Google Play got rid of it? Exactly. On, yeah. yeah. You would just use your browser. Yeah. I think and, Elon Musk got to open its own Play Store. And he own. could always put it. That's an interesting idea. Uh, and he could always just put out the APK file for Google mm-hmm. uh, for Android users. iPhone users would be S out of luck in yeah. that case because they're completely centrally controlled by Apple. No, I use. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you, if IP, if uh, iPhone takes you off their store, you're you're done on iPhone. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Phone's open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. Talking about uh, Elon Musk and the latest interesting development, one that a lot of people I think were predicting, that he has made an offer to take Twitter private. Now, I don't know a whole lot about how all this corporate stuff works with stocks or whatever, but presuming that he's the 9.2% or 9.1%, depending on which articles you read, owner of Twitter as far as stocks are concerned, I guess that would mean he would have to buy the other 91%, right? Like he has to make an offer? I'm not quite sure how that part works either, but I think what he's trying to do is buy the outstanding common stock. Mm -hmm. So the outstanding common stock would be... Anything that's not treasury stock, which is what the corporation itself holds. Um, So whatever's on the stock market for sale when he goes to make the buy or he puts the offer out and the company okays it, then it's that's that. And what does it exactly mean to take it private? Means so right now it's a publicly traded company. That means that anybody with a stock trading app or broker broker or whatever can go and buy or sell Twitter stock on the stock market, mm-hmm. right on the yeah. stock exchange. Uh, but if it's a private company, that goes away. Right. All of the stock is converted. Uh, it's not converted. It's bought out. Right. It's so bought, like people yeah. who have the stock, and technically, it's a private company. It's not owned by the government, but it's publicly traded. So uh, okay. you can go be an owner too. Until if something like this happens, if if Musk comes right. in 
and the board of directors takes this deal, and you're saying they basically have to unless somebody comes in with a better offer, mm-hmm. uh, that it's their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to say... To take the, take the offer. The reason why they would have to take it is because he made it above, right? Yep. Like, there's the current stock price, which is 40-something bucks per share. He came in and said, I'll pay you $54.20 per share. So basically because... Everyone holding would quote unquote make money, except for the people that bought it at seventy or sixty or whatever right. was was up there. Everyone holding it would quote unquote make money, so therefore it's in the best interest of the shareholders for the board of directors to say correct. Yes, we'll take and it would deal. be a lot of money. It would be a like for him forty three billion per- dollars. Yes, it, that, it would be a lot of money just for the average person. He doesn't have that cash. I was looking at some of the stories about this. You know, even though he's the world's wealthiest man, a lot of wealthy people have assets. Right? They don't have. Cash. Elon Musk doesn't have seven hundred billion dollars cash that he can access, but he does have stock in Tesla, and he's mm-hmm. he's got business ownerships here and there, and you know houses and whatever other investments. Yeah, that he's most got, of the so. most of the extremely rich people are pretty illiquid. They're like, wealthy uh, on paper. Yeah, they're wealthy on paper. They have a lot of stuff, but he can do this, right? Like he can sell Tesla stocks and then buy these. So, so yep. he's got he's got what it takes to uh, to pull this off. And uh, the question is, when will this board of directors make the decision? How soon do they have to act on this? Is it like at their next board meeting or do they have to convene a special meeting just to deal with this offer? I would think it would be odd if they didn't convene a special meeting for just to handle this because this is major. Yeah. You know, who cares about what's on the calendar for the next, you know, the next meetings on the calendar doesn't matter. This, This is something they should be getting together with right now. Right. So uh, that means there might be an answer on this relatively soon. What do you think about this, guys? I mean, is this the right way to do this? Is this the the best way to bring some level of more freedom of speech to social media is to just buy out one of the big corporations and and run it yourself or should he have gone the other direction and launched you know elon uh elon's mastodon or whatever well, and no one can complain like oh no one's on elon's mastodon because mm-hmm. everyone's true. on twitter everyone's on twitter he can just create a new thing from what's already built. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be a new thing. I mean, unless he renamed it, I guess. But he's got the well, built-in. Well, he could in, change it up, right? He could change it. Uh, the, he's got the built-in user base. And I don't know how many users Twitter has. It's much smaller, I suspect, than Facebook. I don't know what... Uh, I know Facebook is down like 500 million people. Wow. Uh, the, the last we heard, and that was sometime last year that those numbers came out. That's so curious to me, too. Why would that company want to kill itself like... Facebook? Yeah. I don't think it wants to. It's just losing users. I mean, well, it's uh, losing users because they're destroying their client base. No, nobody wants to be on it if they're constantly on a 30-day ban. Well, I yeah. What what percentage of people have to deal with that? I don't know. But it's a lot. I've yeah. seen some real. I was surprised. Like I get a 30-day ban. I'm hyper political and I'm very hyperbolic on right. Facebook. But you know, I've seen some real average normies that I would never expect to be on a ban. Say, oh, I'm just getting off a 30-day ban. Like, hmm. what were you? Wow. You know, smack talking the. New Orleans Saints? What? I mean, yeah. (laughs) My friend, she got, I don't know if it was a 30 day ban, but she got suspended because somebody said, I had to get a a COVID test to apply for an at home job. Isn't that crazy? And she just said, for an at home job? And she got suspended on Twitter or Facebook. Normies. And she's, you know, like, she's not on there saying, destroy the government. To me, $43 billion seems like a lot of money just for a damn website. I mean, <sighs> I get that the uh, the user base has got to be worth something. It has value. And, and the market decides these things, and the, the market made that decision. It does. So. And, you know, when you buy a business, you know, 
a lot of the time, most of the time, I'd say when you buy a business, you're not really buying like the equipment and mm-hmm. the, the the inventory. That's not what's important. What's, what's important is you're buying the book of business. The customer base. The customer base. Yeah. And Twitter is a huge one of those. Yep, that's true. So, and they've been around for a long time. And mm-hmm. he so probably has a, a really big following on there, which he would million have to followers. Yeah, he'd have oh, to wow. rebuild that somewhere else. Which is why Trump is all in a tissy about the Truth Social website that he tried launching uh, early March. Which, after months of delays, it finally came out. Trump posted once on day number one, and then didn't come back, and was reportedly belly aching about it in you know private with his advisors or whatever but wait and it's to see about what part like what was he mad about the fact that uh probably the fact that the thing was botched they Mm -hmm. they launched on just uh android or sorry just on iphone not android they didn't have an android app they didn't have a website and so no wonder he doesn't have as many followers as he thought he was going to he basically cut off the super majority of the potential for people to be able to follow him. iPhones are only one-tenth, last I heard, of the cell phone market. And how many Trump dads... Are having iPhones? Have iPhones. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Dads who like Trump. But that said, he still had, like, apparently half a million followers on his new sites. It's like, you know, that's nothing to... To shake a stick, at, yeah, you should right? get in there. Like you got five hundred thousand people that want to follow you. You should be posting at least every day. Yep. I mean, Trump had no problem posting multiple times a day back when he was on Twitter. Couldn't so get why him off of it? Yeah, well, so well, why he could get him off of it, but you couldn't get him off of it when he was allowed. Yeah, to be there. so it's, why can't he just like post every now and then on his? I don't know. It's suspect. I, I don't see how somebody would just be like, oh, it wasn't exactly right. I'm just not going to post. I, I I feel like it's suspect. Like for some in reason, he's, I don't know, threatened. I don't know. That doesn't. I don't. Donald Trump's kind of a. I mean, he's, he's prissy. He's prissy. He yeah. wants stuff to any, and he's a boss. He yeah. wants stuff done now, and he wants it done right. And, and he it doesn't wasn't done want right. excuses. But he it, wants things handled. Don't you think he would at least send out something that was like, "Listen, we're going to do this again. We're going to do it right. We're going to get yeah, rid of this one." It's it, it been seems really unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. Why it has gone this direction, I don't know. But there's an interesting uh, little detail here. Uh, apparently, Ted's Chris Anderson interviewed Musk. Asked him if there was a plan B if this current offer on Twitter is rejected, and Musk said, there is. Oh, I love when he talks like he's, that. This he's guy, got something guy. going, man. He's, uh, he's an interesting character. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. We'll talk about Bitcoin and psychopathy on the way, plus silencers. Are those now banned? I don't know. We're going to find out more about it uh, on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. Whether you want to talk about Elon Musk's offer to buy Twitter, take it private, and really piss off some of the people that are on the left and are already freaking out over the possibility of Elon Musk running Twitter. The number is 603-283-6160. We're still not real sure on exactly what his belief system is. He says some things that make him sound really libertarian sometimes like calling out the government for being a monopoly on violence i mean he has said i know 
The, the he ex- uses the he's got he's been reading something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Or he has been getting people to tell him what the people want. The people don't want that. Yeah, though. nobody nobody talks like that. That's just us, Bon. That's a libertarian <laughs> thing. People don't want libertarianism. I mean, they just don't. Like I if, if Elon did, Musk but... comes out and says the the government is a gang of criminals writ large, yeah. I'm going to be like, okay. I, he basically said that. Okay, I know he did, yeah. but I want to hear him use those <laughs> words because then we will definitely know that's Murray Rothbard. Mm. And if we start hearing chapter and verse quotes that he's <laughs> well, rehab, we're going to know at that point. The people that have the monopoly on the memes are the libertarians, and that's what Elon Musk is into. So I think he just got somebody to go do his study. What are the, these good meme people <laughs> like? Tell me what the good meme people are all about. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to watch this develop. I don't think there's really much else to say at this time. Now he's waiting for an answer from the the Twitter board of directors. Uh, We'll continue to update you as that develops. On the way, we'll get into silencers, potential new restrictions coming from the federal government. Apparently, it was also part of this order that came out earlier this week about the ghost guns being quote-unquote banned. And we looked at that earlier, but we'll revisit it on the way here. Bonnie, you had a story about uh, the Bitcoin psychopaths. Somebody is claiming that people who are really into Bitcoin are likely to have psychopathic tendencies. And we started this last night, and it was just... It was too confusing or whatever and I, we didn't really like get the a first chance few to talk about it paragraphs alone didn't do the, the article enough justice like mm-hmm. we were too confused about what they were trying to say so i can just start from the we'll beginning see if we can make sense of it here this is from new york post it says bitcoin fans are psychopaths who don't care about anyone <laughs> study shows <laughs> <laughs> no they're confusing autists for <laughs> you know Aspergo hmm. capitalism is heavily drawn towards things like Bitcoin. Yeah, I was going to say, what percentage of Bitcoiners are autistic? A ton. Oh, I bet. Hmm. Um, the average Bitcoin investor is a calculating psychopath with an inflated ego, according to scientists. A team of experts recently surveyed more than 500 people to uncover the personality traits that are most common among crypto nuts. They identified that many investors exhibit signs of the Dark Tetrad, a group of four unsavory traits made up of narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and sadism. Okay. In plain English, that means dark tetrads have an inflated sense of importance and derive pleasure from the pain of others, which, what does that have to do with liking Bitcoin? I just don't understand, like... And I can't speak for the Bitcoin community or whatever, because I don't know most of them. But I know the community here in New Hampshire pretty well. Mm-hmm. And New Hampshire, of course, is one of the the top places on the planet, if you're a crypto person, to actually be and mm-hmm. to use cryptocurrency. And it seems to me like people here are quite concerned with the well-being of others, and that is one of the driving forces behind why we want people to adopt cryptocurrency. Because, yeah, it's one thing to say, oh, okay, well, I got my Bitcoin, screw all the rest of y'all. That's not the the viewpoint here. It's like, I go around giving crypto to people. I want people to open wallets. I, you know, we were in, uh, what was that town? We were in Plymouth the other day. We went out to lunch in Plymouth. I got the waitress a wallet open. I gave You're her ten dollars worth. Of, 
I, I do it constantly. Yeah. I'm always giving. If anybody wants to donate crypto to me to give to other people, speak up because I, <laughs> you know, I'm running my own dry. I used yeah. to do that prior to being arrested last year for the crypto six uh, charges. I and, totally picked up that torch. Yeah, and being thank you for that. And well, you were doing it prior to my arrest, but uh, but. That was something that I was doing, was giving away cryptocurrency here in the Keene area. We were running advertisements on local radio here and local print publications, inviting people to install their first crypto wallet. And if you were a crypto newbie, wouldn't give it to people that had already had it. Like if you were brand new, you'd get 50 bucks worth of uh, crypto. It was like mm-hmm. 25 bucks worth of Bitcoin cash and 25 bucks worth of Dash. Which and is I worth a fortune now compared to what it was back then. Probably. It's probably worth some more. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a fortune, but, uh, you know. I've done it with hundreds of people yep. in this area, and it's just like it's a mission to try to help people understand good money. It's the same thing is true about gold backs and, mm-hmm. and yep. precious metals. And-, mm-hmm. and that's what we brought up last night when we got to this part of the article is they said that they're making it seem like people want to hoard crypto and watch everybody else suffer because they have mm. the they're dollar. They're whining communists. That's all but it is. What we brought up was a lot of crypto people I know are in- evangelists. Yeah, they and, want everyone else to be getting a part of the same thing they are. Well, and okay, so you could you could come at that from a cynical perspective. You could and say, they are. and they are, yeah. You could say, oh, well, you're only evangelical because you want the price to go up. You mm. want people to come on board. It's all a big Ponzi. Still scheme. doesn't make you a statist. Who are you hurting? That being said, I can't wait to be rich, and I can't wait to watch them rot. <laughs> I, I, I hope they love enjoy their poverty forever. Good good luck to them. And I'm being a psychopath when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it says they also, the the scientists also find it, oh, no, no, the crypto nuts also find it difficult to empathize with others and are sly and manipulative. That is the most untrue thing I've ever, to to actually be immersed in a crypto community, that is the opposite (laughs) of of what I see. Yeah, they can't get people to, uh, I mean, most crypto people can't get people to, agree with them and figure out what they're doing it's been a slow slow steady climb the whole purpose of bitcoin in the first place if anybody for anybody who's read the the actual you know satoshi's white paper the legendary white paper it's all about helping out the common man and getting them away from the the institutional banking empire that that is destroying their fortune over and over again with things like you know the enron scandal and the housing bubble and the various you know the the meddling with interest rates constantly yeah i mean i've got my critiques of the crypto quote-unquote community out there but it wouldn't be that they're psychopaths it would be that they're cultists totally if i'm going to criticize that's where i'm going to to focus on and uh, you're not saying you're a cultist are you i like crypto a lot Dude, I think it's very it's I think it's very, very, very important to the future of a peaceful, a peaceful, happy, prosperous mankind. I absolutely agree with that. I think that it is a a tremendous tool, as you mentioned, to empower the individual and to move away from states and violent governments. Mm -hmm. And it's a pro peace thing. And that's one of the reasons why the Shire Free Church has been so involved in it. Of course, we're being targeted by that very state. That's why I'm a very happy uh, member of the Shire Free Church. But when I say a cult, what I mean is the problem is with the cult mentality, the team mentality, I guess, Mm -hmm. of people who are like, my crypto is the 
best crypto and no other crypto will ever beat this crypto. Like, and for, you see it in the Bitcoin maximalists, right? Yeah, There's them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, the, they're the most obvious ones because, well, they're the biggest one. But it's just as, as existing in other cryptocurrencies as well. Where, I'm kind of a Monero tyrant. Yeah, yeah but you're yeah. wearing a Bitcoin hat right now. I am, but Daryl W. Perry gave me this like eight years ago and my hair's a mess. So, Well, I like Bitcoin probably more than you do, Ian, because you... I don't know. You you like it. You just you. I guess nobody's the most critical of it on. Nobody's the show. very critical. Our co-host, nobody, uh, very critical of Bitcoin BTC. I still, you know, have a warm place in my heart for it. I, I think Bitcoin BTC would be great if they fixed it and made it usable as money. I love the Model T. I love uh, seeing the Model T driving <laughs> down the street. <laughs> They're awesome. They're so cool. They put 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 down the street. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but I like Bitcoin for the same exact reason I like Model T's. You say you're partial to Monero, but you're not someone who is a Monero only person. If somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, Matt, I want to buy your cooking at uh, Porkfest," or you, you oh, I'll, I'll take whatever they want to give me, you, well, within reason, you'll take a lot of different cryptos. Yeah, and so you're not a Monero maximalist nah. per se, in that you believe it's the one true, the only way. You might think it's the best option. I mean, everybody's got a favorite. Definitely prefer it over yeah. all. Others. I think everybody has a preference. That makes sense. Uh, but to to be rude to other people from other you know crypto f- fandom, nah. that there's a lot of that in the community, and it's it's off putting. Free talk live, phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By the way, if you're interested in learning about the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you can get on over to Bitcoin.com. And you can do that there. That's Bitcoin.com. Joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. We also want to invite you to uh, go to news.bitcoin.com if you want to get the latest news headlines about cryptocurrency. You can do that. Once again, that's news.bitcoin.com. They got them for you updated every single day. Uh, coming up, we get a chance. We'll give you an update on what insanity has been happening in El Salvador, the supposed Bitcoin capital. They want you to believe at least about El Salvador. The president there signed a uh, law that makes Bitcoin legal tender back in September, and we've kind of been following that situation for a while. But now he's not focused on Bitcoin anymore and is instead focused on cracking down on gang members and destroying the civil liberties of the people of El Salvador in the process. Uh, We can give you an update on that. Plus, silencers potentially being restricted even further in the United States. But, Bonnie, you were telling us about this uh, story from the Washington, sorry, not Washington, New York Post, uh, about cryptocurrency specifically bitcoin fans apparently being psychopaths and we'll continue that in just a moment but first major Payne is on the line uh, in michigan go ahead major hey, you guys there yes, right. sir. yes sir hang on let me let me take it off speaker okay All right um yeah late breaking news from the a and h news network you could pick your own acronym acronym but I, I would think it would stand for uh well let's see a and h I've a never student, heard of it. A student honorable. No, I made it up. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> so what's the news, man? Well, evidently, women can get women pregnant. Huh? Yeah, this this whole, you know, identity, I can be whatever I want to be. They're putting dudes in prison with chicks. 
And uh, really? dude knocked a couple of chicks up. Well, yeah. if you're not on you estrogen, got... are you really a woman? Don't I you have to at least know, be put on ev- estrogen? Evidently, his sack still worked, darling. They're, they're, they're <laughs> making babies. Well, thank you, Major, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, I could see you saying you're non-binary, and I would respect that. I would be nice to you and everything. But if you're not even willing to put in the effort to be on estrogen, and you just want to be a woman, mm-hmm. I don't get that. Like, don't you want to be a woman? And then proceed to have sex with the, the women there with your your, your unit. I don't think we well, should get too, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to detail. Everybody's here. thinking on, the same thing. Here. We are on broadcast radio. Uh, but that is an issue when it comes to jails, right? Like now with trans people being more at least out and and prevalent, at least, that we're more aware of them. How does a jail handle a situation like that? Well, it doesn't sound like a trans people issue to me. It sounds like a people pretending like pervert issue somebody pretending to be trans because well, you're not trans if you're not on estrogen right i, I don't, don't know, know. unless don't you know just have to... no access to it i don't think that that's part of the definition i think that they're just saying if i'm a woman if somebody says they're a woman then they're supposed to be a woman or something like that i would I, think that'd be the bare minimum like that you would expect them to be on estrogen for yeah. that yeah and I, I just wanted to well, i don't know i don't know you know I, why are we talking? We we have a resident tranny who can answer all She's this music right for us. She's not here right now. but uh, A resident tranny who's facing prison time. I know. I know. She showed kids whose parents wouldn't let them get est- on estrogen mm-hmm. or take them to the hospital how to use Bitcoin to buy estrogen or, or whatever hormone from India online with Bitcoin. Yeah. So... I think that no, she's she'd probably that. be on my side. No, I'm just saying yeah. she'd be on my side that you got to put in the effort, right? I think and so. I like, don't think you have to wear makeup to be trans. I don't think you have to do your No, but you should shave the beard. You know, like that's why I say, <laughs> that's why I say like Aria, I I'm happy to call her a she because she puts in the effort to to look fe- female. Aria is uh, just so dang cool yeah. that I'll call her whatever she wants to be called. I told her I'm not calling her a they. I'm not going to go that she far. She doesn't want so to I be does, called I would have to draw the line at a they, yeah. too, but Ari's not one of those. No, and she wouldn't. Yeah. She, Yeah, she said that she wouldn't do that. Uh, but that, to me, is, like, too crazy. I think they kind of drive Ari up the wall, too. Oh, yeah. Like, big time. Definitely. Well, because it's, like, people like this who are, like, I'm a woman, but I'm just going to continue letting my body make all this testosterone and, yeah. and have... And have stubble. Stubble, yeah. That's yeah. just strange. <laughs> I mean, if you are not in a place yet where you're able to start... Uh, Hormones, I'm not talking to you. Mm-hmm. Like you, That's your plans in the future. But I don't see how you can say, I have a thing in my brain that tells me I'm in the wrong body. And it gives me you know, dysmorphia to see that I have boobs and a period. But yet you don't want to go on testosterone. Mm. That's That doesn't make you... I don't believe you at that point. I don't know. The number is 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in here. So, Bonnie, you were telling us about these alleged Bitcoin psychopaths, people who are being accused of having no feeling uh, towards other humans. They Not only that, they say they were getting pleasure from the pain of others. Schadenfreude. Yes, this these scientists found in a study that Bitcoin enthusiasts uh, have narcissism, Mar- 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 sorry, Machiavellianism, psychopathy and Machiavellianism is like plotting right like manipulating people Yeah, like getting your way to the top okay um self-importance and they derive uh, pain from or pleasure from the pain of others to me that doesn't make any sense at all no 
we know some really, 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 really rich Bitcoiner type people, and none of them are bad guys. Mm-hmm. Not the ones I know. Nope. Well, scientists at Queensland University of Technology described their feelings or findings, sorry, in research published in the journal Personality and Individual Differences earlier this month. They asked 566 people to compete personal or complete personality surveys as well as answer questions about their attitudes to crypto. Of the participants, one in four reported that they owned crypto and two thirds showed an interest in crypto investing. Okay. I mean, you can say, oh, that sounds cool and not have any crypto or know anything about it. So all four dark tetrad traits correlated with an affinity for investing, each for their own reasons. Oh, so this is their idea of a psychopath is someone who wants to get ahead in life by investing. <laughs> That's I, this is what I'm smelling. Yeah. According to researchers, dark tetrads are partly drawn to crypto because they are prepared to take risks. Digital assets such as Bitcoin are infamously volatile, and the feast or famine nature of investing is particularly enticing to some. I don't see why it would be enticing to a psychopath more so than anyone else. You don't have to be a psychopath to be a risk taker. I was about to say, is a risk taker a psychopath? No. When when I was in high school, we all took these in this financial class I was in. We all took these... uh, personality tests or whatever mm-hmm. and everybody was saying oh wow i got it. i got a 10 on that one i got a three on that one i don't remember what the n- numbers meant but i didn't say anything because mine was like way higher than anyone else's and if you look at all our careers now they have babies and they're in the air force or a mm-hmm. nurse or whatever and i'm just i don't even know what i am you're just awesome <laughs> <laughs> so you think- make great cookies Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> i do make great Your cookies. cookies are awesome <laughs> <laughs> well Study lead author, Dr. D. Wang, uh, but I didn't get to my point. I don't think I'm a psychopath. Okay. I may be a narcissist. I, hmm. I do not think you are a narcissist. Well, I've <laughs> I always thought think you're a narcissist. narcissism is good. But, I mean, like a thing that you people, love yourself? people yeah, put down the tendencies of narcissists uh, wrongly, I think. When I think a narcissist, I think of someone who's so into themselves that it's they and only them, period, end of story. Everybody else is just inconvenient meat that they can use or not use. So self-love to the harm of others yeah. or the exclusion of yeah, others. Narcissism is yeah. not a good not a good trait. Hmm. Like uh, so, not the same as self love. Yeah, it's not yeah. self love, self esteem. Okay. You know, those are good. Those are good things. Narcissism is kind of an ugly thing. I think just thinking you're really great, like. Wow, just I love being mean. I whenever I think, what if I was someone else? And what if I woke up and I was someone else? I get like, oh, oh, I need to not think about. Like I don't want to wake up and be anyone else. I don't know. I don't want you to do that either. Well, I'd spend a lot of time in front of a mirror if I was if I woke up someone else. <laughs> I really, got to do some analysis there. I, I I used to always think of that as a kid. All right. Study led author Dr. D. Wang or study lead, lead author, Dr. D. Wang, wrote in the conversation, quote, dark tetrad triads are dark because of their evil qualities. Extreme- <laughs> Every time I hear dark tetrad, I keep thinking of like a gang. It <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah, to yeah. me like a gang name. Yep. Says extreme Did they actually use the word triad after that? You said dark tetrad triads? No, sorry. Because I was going to say triad is definitely traits. a gang name, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Dark tetrad traits Got are it. dark because of their evil qualities. Extreme selfishness and taking advantage of others without empathy. Yeah, this is uh, one of the most 
unusual hit pieces against Bitcoin. That I want who funded the study. I'd like to know more about the study and who who did the study. Yeah, that's an interesting question here. We'll continue. He, you know, they don't really don't use words like evil in studies. That's a very subjective term. Right? Yeah, and it sounds like they they found what they set set out to find, and we don't see any evidence of at this all in the, in the Bitcoin community, at least here in in New Hampshire. Uh, there's more on the way here, Bonnie. You want to share that with us? Coming up, uh, hour number two is on the way as well. You can join us on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour here. Phones are open. You can join us at 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. We're going to talk about the latest order from the federal government, specifically, it's uh, the Biden administration's ATF cracking down. On ghost guns, we mentioned that earlier this week, but uh, Matt says there's an, uh, there's something about silencers in this as well, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, of course, your phone calls are welcome about whatever's on your mind at 603-283-6160. It's Ian here. Matt. And Bonnie. Bonnie, you were sharing with us uh, one of the strangest hit pieces against Bitcoin, I have to say, that I've heard... I mean, we've talked about a lot of them over the years here. I mean, there've been there's been no shortage of Bitcoin attack pieces, especially as Bitcoin has become more popular over time. Earlier in its 13 year history, it was easy to ignore it. It was just a technical, you know, experiment, mm-hmm. and then it became a dollar technical experiment where no one thought it was going to hit a dollar, and then it hit a hundred, and then it hit a thousand, and then you know now it's at forty thousand dollars for one Bitcoin today, and there's there's no one at this point that can say, oh, it's a fluke. Oh, it's just, you know, some geek libertarians, they're never going to get anywhere with this thing. It's Clearly, it's made a huge impact financially on the planet. So they got to get creative with their insults and uh, ways of trying to take it down. Right. So we've seen them attack it. Oh, it's going to hurt the environment. And of course, that's a load of, of garbage. Um, and we've we've talked about that before. I don't want to rehash. And you know, it. just the just the, I I do want to rehash that real quick, right, just for ahead. a sec, because one of the things we we're talking about Elon Musk earlier. One of the things that I didn't like about him was I, I generally don't like it when these famous people talk about crypto because I never feel like they have any idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And he kind of proved that to me when he started talking about the the mining not being green enough for him. Right, when he said he was going to take Bitcoin then backed out on it for Tesla it because it wasn't green enough. friendly or yeah. whatever. I mean, to me, that means he has to know what he's saying isn't true. There's just some reason yeah. that he has to hold back because of his company. Yeah, and then he said, 
that wasn't that long ago. He said something to the effect of, uh, I, I've spoken with the miners and they're <laughs> looking at ways to make Bitcoin more green. Yeah, you were in what jail. miners? Who, who, who did you talk to? The miners. That's <laughs> so weird. Them, well, I, some of the big ones you can find. They're, yeah. they're large companies and they're known entities. But as far as mining pools are concerned, you have no idea who, yeah, those, no idea. who those people are. Um, yeah, there was a lot. It seemed like a lot of BS with those statements from, uh, totally. from Elon Musk. And I worry that people are following the guidance of people like Elon Musk and Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. And these other mouthpieces who are famous about crypto because they don't I I don't feel they have any idea what they're talking about. I did watch uh, an interview with Elon Musk last last week, and he did go into some depth about the block, you know, blockchain technology in general. And I was a little bit less apprehensive about okay. him talking about it. He has Seemed done like a he lot knew of homework. He was talking about. All right. Yeah, he's he's there. He's not a dumb person. He's I mean, not. You can figure that out. And he's a he's a techie. At yeah. the end of the day, he's a techie. He's not even a car person. He's a techie. So you've got on the left, they're trying to scare people away from crypto by saying, oh, the environment. And then on the right, they try to scare people away by saying, it's a CIA project. Yep. And like, there's all these theories, conspiracy theories out there about about Bitcoin. So we've heard it all. But I got to say, this is the first time I've ever seen such an all-out attack Total bonkers. on the man, right? Like, this is an, what are you, what would you call it, an ad hominem attack, Definitely. basically, against the users of cryptocurrency. But again, they're doing this under the flag of science. Mm, right. You know, they did a, a study. This is a study. They did a study of 566 people and admitted that not even all of those people were crypto users. Some were interested in crypto and knew what it was. Right. Well, they... They had to do the studies in a standard scientific manner, I presume, which means but I'm calling people. So less than 566 people, and they're saying, "Oh, this is what we found about crypto enthusiasts at yeah. large." What was it? One out of four had uh, current crypto holdings, and then another two out of four were interested. I think was what you said, or two fifths, or something. Something like that. Yeah. So what else did you want to share from this? Bonnie? So the article says that crypto users they found were more likely to have these dark tetrad traits Mm -hmm. and those are narcissism machiavellianism um sadism do you remember the other one Uh, i'm pulling it up here psychopathy would be the other one yes and the study lead dr d wang wrote in the conversation which it is linked so i think that's a magazine or something quote dark tetrad traits are dark because of their evil qualities Extreme selfishness and taking advantage of others without empathy. And the, I, mm. Matt said it earlier, it just is the weirdest thing to hear from a scientist in a study. Like you don't hear people saying, oh, well, th- we, we determined that they were evil. Like that's yeah. just strange. It says, quote, the dark tetrad are also also often related to risk taking behaviors. The link between the traits and an affinity for Bitcoin is also driven by the fact that the currency does not have a central authority, meaning it is separate from banks and governments. So that means that psychopaths would be more likely to, huh? They just threw that in there and expected you to accept it. So are they, are they, okay, you know, we were always afraid after 9-11 that they were going to go around eventually and start calling Americans terrorists, Mm -hmm. which of course they have. Sure. Now, is that proving to be not a popular thing to do? And are they trying to find a terrorist light work word to hmm. market? And is it psychopath? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Good because question. when I think of psychopath, I think of like Dexter, like who's a character, a killer TV show mm-hmm. guy, you know, 
I think of a mass serial killer shooter or something like that. So. Well, not all. Well, certainly serial killers are likely to probably all be psychopaths, but not all psychopaths are exactly. killers. Exactly. But that's just like psychopaths what are just you think of. people who have no empathy, right? They, I think so. Yeah, they think. Uh, have no empathy and no way to relate to other people in that way. It says Machiavellians who are good at deception and take a calculated approach to achieving goals like crypto primarily because they distrust politicians and government agencies. That doesn't make sense. If you're a Machiavellianism, you're going to be like uh, that guy, um, Brody Deshaies. You're going to be like, you're going to use the... Uh, yeah, you are going to be a politician use, if you are yeah, a Machiavellian. That's a great example, in my opinion. Hmm. <laughs> way to He's go, He's probably Bob. a psychopath. Yeah, Brody Deshaies, by the way, for listeners that don't know, is the guy who was the primary opponent of the New Hampshire independence bill that sadly went down in flames uh, earlier this year and it was his first try so it's going to come back but. i'll take that back yeah, i i don't think he's probably a psychopath because i don't know the guy but i can definitely say he's probably a Ma- machiavellian definitely yeah well and again this the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath it's like it's hard to really even it's kind of hard to grasp we talked about it, it on yeah. a show like a month ago with aria and i was i still couldn't really tell you the difference difference um he added, many crypto supporters believe governments are corrupt and crypto avoids government corruption. Oh, no. That, that sounds like a factual statement to me that's provable. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying to outline some of the things that are true about cryptocurrency. The fact that it you know, could undermine the, the state, the banking structures and empower the individual and trying to say, oh, well, psychopaths like that. Oh, well, psycho! You must be a psychopath if you like the idea of empowering the individual, you know. Right. Or you must be yep. a Machiavellian, which of course has nothing to do with being a psychopath, a manipulative uh, psycho. You know the the fact is, in, in my experience, there's a ton of autistic people and people like Asperger, like Aspie people, who love cryptocurrency. And I would, it's interesting they wouldn't want to focus on that as an mm-hmm. associated thing mm. with cryptocurrency. They could prove and, that. And they could prove that. And, uh, you know, just... Yeah, how many know, autists are Machiavellians? Right, they're not. And I think yeah. it would be really hard for them to sh- to cast cryptocurrency in a dark light or a mm-hmm. bad, you know, in a bad light if if everybody that was using it was autistic. That it would seems be like, like <laughs> the people that seem autistic, that like crypto, they seem to like it because they're so left brand and they're like this makes sense this makes sense this will help us do this this you know and and they're good people who see how crypto will bring good to the world in a very left brain this is how it works type of way mm. um i think that that's how i think of a autistic mm-hmm. person is like really left brain i don't know if that's a definition but the researchers found that narcissists like crypto because of their great faith in the future and confidence that their own lives will improve Lastly, impulsive psychopaths and sadists like crypto because they are thrill seekers who fear missing out on the rewards of investing. Impulsive psychopaths. What? That is the worst study I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, it would seem to me that anyone can be a thrill seeker. You don't have to have a psycho, you know, psychopathic yeah. tendency. And that's coming it. from the New York Post, which yeah. is traditionally not a leftist rag. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about psychopaths, one hit piece in the New York Post alleging that Bitcoiners are more likely to be psychopaths, apparently, which is not backed by any kind of evidence I've ever seen. 
But with you tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Uh, you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features there. And I do want to thank Ryan Walsh, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS Patreon. Ryan is silver level, which means he's doing at least five bucks a month and helping us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. That's what AMPS stands for. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com, and you can help us out there. It helps spread the message of freedom to as many radio stations as we can possibly do that, bring new internet listeners on board. So if you like what we do here, please go to amps.freetalklive.com. Join Ryan and the rest of the supporters there, amps.freetalklive.com. Let's bring on Nikki in North Georgia, or uh, yeah, Nikki in Georgia, listening to WGOW. Go ahead in Chattanooga. Hey, y'all. Bonnie, you were wondering about the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the easiest way to remember is a psychopath doesn't know that he's messing all your stuff up. A sociopath simply doesn't care. Mm. Mm, Okay, that's interesting. Sociopath is aware of it and is using you and whatever to get his way, whereas you're saying the psychopath may may be completely Just doesn't understand feelings. Right, right, because they don't have the grasp of that phenomenon, so they don't even know that they're messing you up. They Mm. just know they're doing what they want. Have you had experience with this uh, professionally? I have received both diagnoses. <laughs> oh, wow. Hmm. Are you a bad person? I'm a horrible person, and I drink a lot, and I smoke a lot to keep it under control. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I think uh, the fact that you uh, sound like you have a little remorse in your voice might actually be uh, an indication to me that maybe you're not quite the psychopath that they uh, trying to tell you, you. to be. Yeah. I'm working on it. They say both are curable, really? and I've turned. I've turned. Yeah, you can learn empathy the same way you can learn anything. That's interesting. <laughs> That's really See, cool. I I had not heard that. I mean, I don't follow the the developments on psychopathy and studying it very closely. But you always heard that that was oh, you're born that way. One percent of all humans are psychopaths, and that's the end of the story. Um, so you that's... can be born blind, but they can cure that also. Hmm. Sometimes. It's just a lack that you have that mm-hmm. they can fix, or you have to fix in this case. But whatever. Yeah, hundred percent behind you. That that's great. I you know continue that uh, continue that journey. Good for you. You know I got a I have a lot of faith in in humankind mm. and what people are capable of. And the hardest part about overcoming obstacles that are just massive is a lot of people refuse to admit that they have obstacles. Mm. Sure. <laughs> but once you see them, now you can tackle them. You and put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, do it up. Climb well, the mountain. Nikki, I remember you called in to say that you just love nobody and nobody is one I of the absolutely do. greatest people ever. So I don't know. I feel like you must not be a psychopath. Yeah. Well, We're... thank you. I haven't talked to a psychiatrist in like seven years. I got off hard drugs and started smoking pot and drinking more, and I'm getting better. Okay, well, that's not usually what you—that's not usually what you hear after someone saying they started drinking. But uh, hey, whatever well, works for you. If it if it gets you off hard drugs, tons yeah. of booze worked for me. Alcohol is a hard drug, though. That's the thing. Yeah, alcohol really is one of the it's hardest drugs. Better than drugs. methamphetamines, though. Okay, or yeah, heroin. definitely. Yeah, my All brother right. did the same st- step down. He stopped doing meth because if he just started drinking. If you're doing it in a in a moderated way, then I'll say it's better. But uh, I mean, oh, I'm some... dirt poor. I have to moderate everything. <laughs> 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 All right, Nikki. Anything else you want to share tonight? That's it. Thanks hey, for the call. call. I appreciate great hearing call. from you. Thanks okay. for sharing that uh, personal information. 
That's interesting. I, I didn't know that about the treatment for psychopathy. I wonder, I, I didn't want to ask her like to tell us, like, what are the exercises that you go through? But but I do find myself curious about that. Because we are watching, uh, you mentioned Bonnie Dexter earlier, the fictional character. And one of the critiques of uh, that character is that, oh, well, he's a psychopath, so he couldn't possibly develop feelings, right? And sort mm-hmm. of, you know, not to give too much away, but the uh, the show Dexter is sort of about this character who has an arc over a series of many seasons. He's told as a kid, you're a psychopath, you're, you can't feel anything and you never will be able to. And then you kind of see him start to branch out and realize maybe he can. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the interesting things about the, the, the show, besides the fact that he's a blood spatter expert who works for the police and is a secretly a, a murderer who kills killers, basically he kills bad guys. I never thought I'd watch that show because I was like, Ian, that's a that's a TV show that mind controls you to be okay with killers, and I think it might have worked on me because <laughs> I really do like the show. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, all right, so speaking of uh, well, violence. Guns, of course, not always used for violence, sometimes used uh, for target shooting or, or whatever, but sometimes used in self-defense. Matt, you, uh, you've, got a, you've got some news about silencers specifically. Earlier this yeah. week, Joe Biden announced, uh, touted that he has now banned ghost guns without any kind of act of Congress in the same way that uh, Donald Trump banned bump stocks. Uh, Joe Biden and the ATF have banned so-called ghost guns which yeah, and, for listeners- you know that's not really that that's not really what happened either it's not is it no they um, banned the business of selling kits yeah, that so are not serialized sell all the companies that sell the kits by the way the the very best one out there polymer 80 is owned by a a hardcore libertarian dude okay. a, a, arguably an anarcho-capitalist i don't know how he describes himself but i know him and i and uh he's he's definitely uh i wish he lived here but um <clears throat> polymer 80 so they they sell uh they create these you know blanks basically they're 80 percent finished and you yep. have to finish them the rest of the way they, do send, they sell the other parts too they do sell the other parts mm-hmm. and and uh polymer 80 has stuff like that available but it's like any manufacturer like you can buy it directly from the manufacturer but they also work with a lot of retailers so a lot of times you pick up stuff from the retailers and the retailers might sell a whole kit of yep. some kind you know with all the parts you need um, that is apparently from what I read. That's what they're really regulating now. Yes. They're saying if you sell a kit, a gun kit, mm-hmm. which previously did not have these requirements, yeah. now they're going to have to have serialized receivers, right? Etc. Polymer eighty does make serialized, one hundred percent completed uh, firearms, mm-hmm. so you can buy their things completely done, or you can order the eighty percent version. Um, now it apparently, according to this new dick. Hot. It's not a law. It's right. just it's a, a regulation. It's a I don't even know what it what it it's takes what to call it. Sounds right. They call a rule. That's a rule making. Yeah, they're making rules, and they made a new rule. But yes, totally they also a changed a lot of uh, definitions. Apparently, words don't have meaning when you're the ATF. Yeah, they're calling uh, this a firearm, even though it's a pile of parts. Right. So um, now what? Companies who sell these uh, kits will have to do is send them basically in different shipments. <laughs> Just send them in different boxes. Mm. So you can still, you know, they can't, when you get a Polymer 80 or any 80% completed, say, Glock frame or 80% frame, uh, it comes with a jig and a set of drill bits. Mm -hmm. And it shows, the jig shows you, you know, it clips, uh, it clamps around the, like a clamshells around the the pistol grip and it shows you where to drill the holes. 
Um, you're not and allowed to send that. if you have a ghost that. gunner from uh, Defense Distributed, it does the drilling for you. For you, yeah. It doesn't even, it just makes holes, it just leaves holes in, the, in its yeah. wake. But uh, th- this is a kind of a different type of thing. But they're talking just, about cracking down. Go ahead. If you just 3D printed your gun, would it be a ghost gun? Yes. Yes. Yeah, any gun that has no serial number that you make at home is considered a ghost gun. Yeah. Whether it be 3D printed completely or built from parts, right? Right. All right, more coming up here. Uh, you can join us. It's Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s. With more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program, and he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. The town has changed from the one that I knew and talked about on the radio. Millennials have come to Lake Wobegon in search of cheap rent. COVID means that people no longer need the big city. They can they can work anywhere online. And they come to town and they get into all these odd businesses and they make artisanal firewood, artisanal ice cubes, uh, composting worms, uh, gourmet meatloaf, etc., etc. There's a yoga studio in Lake Wobegon. There never used to be one. There are dog walkers. You can hire somebody to walk your dog. We never had this back in the day. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. They're going after the ghost guns, or at least they're trying to with a new quote-unquote rule-making that has been put into place with the ATF. We talked about it earlier this week, but Matt's our resident gun guy, so figured we'd uh, bring it back up again and get his uh, position on this You're yeah saying- so we can't really it, it's hard to say we can only go so far into it at this point uh, on one level it seems like a big nothing burger mm-hmm. um on another it doesn't seem like a big nothing burger uh on another level it seems like it's actually freed some things up that are very significant um how's that well they put in some verbiage about silencers. Okay. And one, mind you, this document's like 300 plus pages long. So nobody's really. This quote unquote rulemaking. Yeah. So it, it's really, you know, who knows what else is in it. But the, hmm. there's one part about silencers. Okay. So they want, uh, they want silencers to all have serial numbered, serial numbers on the tube. Uh, whereas before you might find them on the end caps or something like that. So now they have to be on the tube. Fine, whatever. Uh, most of them have them there anyway as a default. Uh, but they have defined a silencer as a device to attach to the end of a gun 
to quiet the exit of the projectile. That is not what silencers do. Hmm. They quiet the sound of the uh, the crack, right? The they silence the the what makes the crack sound isn't the projectile. It is the exhaust gases that follow it, which are going supersonic. Mm-hmm. That's the big noise you hear. So that's what carries the most mass. That's what makes the very very loud noise, and mm-hmm. that is what the silencer silences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That said, did they just legalize sil- uh, silencers and take them off the NFA? By well, redefining it? By redefining what they do? Maybe it was an accident. They're going to realize what they did and r- put in the real definition. Rewrite it. Uh, so uh, there's a few people taking a close look at that and saying, can we just make and buy silencers now? Without <laughs> I mean, having to without, register without having it, you know, Get a special yeah. permit. You yeah, can they, in New Hampshire, right? No, no. Uh, they're not, federally regulated not until we secede from the United States or, uh, you know, there are states that have put up uh, uh, legislation to to keep the feds off of anything made and remaining in the state that they're in. Wyoming's so, one of those states. Yeah. Right? Wyoming. Does Montana that include to silencers? It. I think so. Hmm. Uh, that does not mean that the feds aren't going to come after you there and ruin for your life them. Yeah. and ruin your life. They're they're absolutely horrible animals. They're not they're yeah. not they're arguably not people. They're not, that's not that's not how people act. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they'll still come after you wherever you go, no matter what the state law says, because the feds don't recognize states. They don't they don't recognize states' rights. They're the, no. they're the kings. They certainly don't recognize human rights. Yeah, no, they are they are the owners of people. They are the bosses. So, um, yeah, Bonnie and I saw that today when we were at the court in uh, Concord Federal Court, which is a lot like a church, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, very creepy kind of churchy uh, building. It's a lot like a morgue also. Yeah. It's like all metal doors that are as tall as the ceilings. It's really ugly and creepy. I've, I've said before that uh, governments are just religions that worship death and destruction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that describes that building perfectly. Yeah, we were in there for uh, for a plea deal uh, hearing, not for me, but for uh, Renee, one of the uh, members of the Crypto Six who sadly, uh, she and her husband Andy are taking the uh, the plea offers in the in the case, and I understand why uh, they do it because the government is a scary group of people who mm-hmm. try to intimidate people, and they uh, they intimidate you by saying, "All right, well, you're already facing this amount of time, and we're going to give you more charges unless you take the deal." And so that's what happened today, sadly. I didn't stand for a federal judge, and I've not st- stood for three different types of judge. Nice mood contempt. Very nice. Uh, so what else do we need to know about this? Uh, nothing so far. If I could, if I can find out anything else about what's going on, uh, that and the, uh, the 80% lowers aren't allowed to be shipped with the jig and the parts to build it up. They have to come and buy it all separately. You have to buy it in two separate. So you could buy it all at the same place. They just have to ship it in two separate boxes, apparently. So I did just find an update on this situation, Mm -hmm. uh, published today at thehill.com. Ted Cruz says he will be introducing a resolution which would block the Justice Department regulation. Apparently, a Congressional Review Act allows Congress to try to overturn an administrative rule with only a simple majority vote if it's within a certain time frame. Biden could still veto the resolution disapproving the rule, which would also need to pass the House. So the odds that it's going to do anything... Not going to happen. It's just total signaling on the part yep, of, uh, of these politicians. Hmm. But there you go. Uh, apparently... Quote, by introducing this resolution, we're pushing back. We want to stop the false narrative that links the rise in crime to ghost guns and firearms. And we want to protect law-abiding citizens who are exercising 
their Second Amendment rights. Yeah, another thing, you know, you got to remember this also would impact 3D printed guns, uh, and nobody's going to know. And just like with the 80 for 80 percent guns, nobody nobody knows about them. They are off the books, right? Yeah. So, uh, but with the 80 percent and the 3D printed guns, the 3D printed guns can be pretty wonky as far as their durability from what mm-hmm. i've seen um but if you ever tried to sell one or take it to a gun shop then it would the, have to be serialized yeah right? the ffl is going to require that it gets serialized so they're going to have to find a way the this ffl is going to have to find a way to jimmy a, a metal plate onto this piece of plastic and i was gonna and, ask are they all printed out of plastic only you can't print metal you can there is such a thing as laser uh laser sintering or metal sintering and it's extremely cost prohibitive to do. Mm. There is such a thing as metal 3D printing, but that is not something that you, you can't or just I buy can one af- of those. Yeah, we can't just get a maker bot that does steel. You but know? you can just make a whole gun out of plastic, and you it, can. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I feel like one explosion, think, it would just break. Well, not the. You, well, yeah, you that you can make a gun completely out of plastic. The Liberator was the proof of concept for that, and the, it was your, known for breaking after like one shot. It yeah, got, to re- yeah, got you, really you, dangerous to use it after correct. that first yeah, shot. You don't really wow. want to mess with. You want to print several barrels. The the barrel snapped in and out, and you could just pop a new barrel. But into they're it. starting to make hardcore ones. Now. They Right? really are and and the reality is like with an 80 percent even if you're printing a uh a, a 3d printed lower there's no stress there's no explosive stress on a lot of parts of a gun including the receiver so most of the explosive forces are coming uh, are being contained by the chamber of the barrel and do people make that part out of metal yeah well you just buy a barrel oh Mm-hmm. Or you can do, you know, there's people who go to Home Depot and buy, uh, you know, plumbing pipe mm-hmm. and things like that that will with their, hold a 12-gauge shell perfectly. You can make a makeshift shotgun out of a piece of pipe from Home Depot, and uh, that generally won't wear out. But shotgun shells aren't really working with the same explosive forces as uh, like a, a 5.56 five, round. just to be clear, a regular 3D printed gun, an average one, is most likely going to be printed out of... Most of it's me- uh, plastic, but the explosive parts are metal. Yeah. Okay. Because I've always wondered that. I've always yeah, wondered. I don't know. I think there's different. You, could, you could print the. Uh, you could print the frame, mm-hmm. um, and it would look just like a Glock frame, and then you could put all the Glock pieces into it and put the Glock slide on it. But it's really just a, they call it a receiver because it's the holder for the rest of the receives stuff. the other parts. Yeah. Uh, Biden announced he would be banning unlicensed kits to manufacture so-called ghost guns as part of his efforts to crack down on the proliferation of untraceable firearms. It's a ban on the buy, build, shoot kits that people can purchase online or at a store without a background check. Now they're calling those firearms, and as a result, commercial manufacturers of them must be licensed. The products must include serial numbers, and sellers must conduct a background check prior to a sale. You're saying that you think that these sellers will be able to get around that by simply selling different things. It's just a collection of parts. In parts. Um, but this is going to make things more of a pain. It's going to be being, you know, more hoop jumping and, <laughs> and so on. Just something for Joe Biden to be like, look, I did something. I did a yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, Cruz said that this administration is trying to create a permanent national gun registry. They definitely are. And that's because they're going to require dealers to retain records until they shut down their business or license activity. Uh, There's more coming up here in moments. If you want to weigh in on the new gun restrictions or the so-called ghost gun restrictions, you're welcome to join us on Free Talk Live. It is 
Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. You can join the show at 603-283-6160. Coming up, the El Salvador government gang going after other gangs, supposedly, and destroying whatever civil liberties might have existed there in the process. You got me excited for a second because I thought you meant going after other governments. No, no. Other competing gangs uh, within the area known as El Salvador. We can talk about that. Uh, but the phones are also open here. It is Ian, Matt, and Bonnie in the studio. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. We do have our social media site, and you don't have to pay billions of dollars to be a part of our site. It's free. You just go to social.freetalklive.com, and you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts of the show there. And it is a Mastodon-based system, which means it is uh, self-hosted, open-source, federated. That means it's connected to basically all the other Mastodons out there, except for Donald Trump's. He's disconnected his Mastodon <laughs> from the rest of the world. Um, but head on over to social.freetalklive.com. We go to your calls. Dan in Nebraska, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, guys. Um, you know, I heard, you, you know, towards the end of that last segment, you guys speculating on the motivation Biden might have for uh, this these new restrictions on ghost guns, and I think that what one part of this that is inevitable is that the emergence of three D printing and uh, stuff like that I think really upset what I think was a good consensus on guns in this country, and it created a problem. So, um, I don't... Wait, I don't, what was I the consensus? Can... And what was the problem? Well, I think we were moving closer towards a consensus that we were okay with, you know, people having guns and stuff, but, you know, obviously we want to be keeping an eye on everything for the most part. And, when you uh, say we, you, know, you mean the United States government? Yes. Do you work well, for mean, them? In a way, in a way, in a way, in a way. No, no, no. I, but I mean, I'm represented by them. So I mean, oh, you, you are. Know, okay. You, you hired them. To You're one of the you. ones. Okay. Got it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't see how... I, but, uh, by the way, before you go on, I just want to say, I don't think there's ever been a consensus for those people who believe in the right to defend oneself, the right to bear arms. Yeah, I, don't I, think, can, I can do that if I want. Uh, yeah, I don't think the consensus has been that they want to be eyeballed by a bunch of bureaucrats. <laughs> I'm not going to ask anybody's permission to defend myself. What do you mean? There are millions of people who are on the other side of the whole gun debate than you guys. I, that, you know, their opinion does not to matter to me. That doesn't, that's gonna, not the definition of a consensus. I'm going to defend myself whether they've come to some consensus or not. When a consensus I don't, I don't means care. that everyone is basically in agreement? I, I don't care about herd think whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Having, having where society is manifest in the laws, you know, I think that's pretty huh? reasonable ask. No, it's it's just having the views that people in society generally have represented in the law. I think that's a pretty reasonable ask. Not to the minority. Ghost guns get invented. There needs to be an answer to that. Okay, the people on the other side, they need an answer to that whole Dan doesn't support rights. He doesn't believe in them. No, I support rights. I do support rights. But sure I do. 
Well, you can say that, but it's clear that you don't support the, you know, the right to bear arms, for instance. Well, does does I support it as a right to a certain degree, you know, like you don't I'm understand not, what a right is. Not That's not that, that right. Rights are not rights are not, uh, you know, hindered. <laughs> aren't aren't aren't. Uh, rightfully hindered a right is a right there is no cap on a it's not right. a negotiation there's nothing to negotiate on a right it's a right all right i'm you know pre- pretty much all of the rights that are guaranteed in the constitution are qualified in some way by you know a certain reasonable no they're impeded on by a government yeah you know, we, we don't we don't get our rights from the constitution the constitution is a human writing it's something that was it was an enumeration of rights. They counted the rights, but uh, any anything that they put in there to stifle a right was, you know, a expected because it was written by politicians and B, they didn't really do a whole lot of that, you know, 250 years ago when they were writing the Constitution. It's pretty open. A right is a right. There's no qualifiers for rights. It's a right. What, no, 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 no. I mean, back then they also had they they had questions about how to interpret rights, just like we do today. And they had some of the highest judges in the land look over things like the Alien and Sedition Act, and they said, uh, you know, that is that doesn't violate. Uh, you're you know, you're making my point. Doesn't violate your. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm not saying that was a good act. It's just that we have in the past interpreted things in certain ways before. Yeah, I know. I didn't think you were saying that was a good thing. I'm saying you're making my point that the government, not we or they, the government in the times where the um, Constitution was made was impeding on people's rights. rights uh, Rights are given to people just by virtue of being a human being. It's called natural law. And you're right that, you know... The 3D printing thing has really, you know, created a consensus because the consensus of the masses is that free speech is important and there are files out there with how to print a gun in them and people will push the button and print a gun whether they want to or not. So the whole gun rights, uh, gun control argument is laid completely to rest because it's absolutely unenforceable. If you take guns off the street, some nerd's going to push a button and make a brand new one. (laughs) Or some other nerd who isn't that technologically advanced is going to walk into Home Depot and buy some pipe and some two-by-fours and a finishing nail. Yeah, I don't don't know why that would be legal. I don't know why we should want that to be legal. Why not? That just sounds... So you admitted you don't believe in rights. Yeah, he believes in permission. He believes in converting a right. You can have a firearm. You can have a firearm. Just Nobody's ask permission first, right? Totally banned. I have well, bad news. I, 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 I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a horrible act. Well, that's the thing. I don't think you have converted by asking for permission. You're converting a right into a privilege, and mm-hmm. those are two completely different concepts. No, you have a right to vote, but you still have to register for it. And there are certain. That's things not the same thing right at all. Away. That's a load of garbage to say a right to vote is somehow tantamount to, to the right to bear arms. It's like saying you have the right to say what you want to say, but you you should talk to a special department of government before you actually go ahead and say it. They need to issue you the go-ahead before you say the words. Yeah, voting is simply a control mechanism supposedly within a system run by you know the government gang, and that is... 
you know, a, a thing that you can play with or not. You can live your life just fine with or without uh, the, the so-called right to vote. But when it comes to protecting yourself or protecting your loved ones, you shouldn't have to ask anyone's permission to do that, Dan. Yeah, voting isn't a natural right. Well, no. Okay, well, I... <laughs> Dan... I guess you know what I think we we have a fundamental disagreement. Yes, we, yes, we have principles, and you don't. You're a you, you're a utilitarian. No, 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 no. No, utilitarian. no, being a utilitarian is principle. It's the lack of principles. <laughs> it's I will do anything to get what I want as long as it gets me what I want. Principles means I will always do it this way, no matter what the outcome is. I will always do it this way. I will why, always why believe this. Why can't valuing the good? in the manifestation of the good because everybody a has a different opinion on what the good is and value isn't the same thing as a principle a value is a different thing like you might value love but you have a different you have, you can have different principles and you can think that it will get you the same place but it doesn't it doesn't it's not the same as having principles. you cannot take away chunks of my life because you don't think that they are good mm-hmm. i think they are good Thanks, Dan, for the call tonight. Sounds like we've given him something to think about there. The number is 603-283-6160. That's the problem with people with that position is they have their opinion about good, and they're willing to back their opinion about what is good with violence. With violence. And they are willing to hurt as many people as is necessary to create the world that they believe is a good world. But again, really the question becomes, who decides what is good? In the case of Dan, it's the people in the state who, by all evidence that we've seen, are in no way good people whatsoever. I mean, we just all. we see them destroying people's lives. We see them destroying uh, innocent people all around the planet. The Middle East, uh, for instance, we see what's happening with the U.S. prison system, putting peaceful people like Ross Ulbricht behind bars. Our friend Renee uh, may be facing some, uh, some jail time for a completely victimless so-called crime that Even they threatened her with. In the context of guns, what happened to Matt? They uh, used Matt owning guns legally as an excuse to break down our doors and windows they and an army they literally right. brought two platoons and forced him to live with his guns in a in a uh, storage unit that's right uh because they're quote-unquote good i don't buy it for a moment i don't mm. trust their judgment not good people there's more coming up here in moments hour three's on the way it's free talk live free talk live Live phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. You can bring up whatever is on your mind here, whether you want to discuss Elon Musk and his offer to purchase a company of Twitter and turn it into a private stock company rather than its current status, which is a publicly traded company. He did say something. I was just kind of reviewing his uh, tweets, and he responded to someone saying that he does plan on keeping private shares when the thing goes private. If he gets the deal and the thing goes private, he does plan on keeping private shareholders. So um, he says to the maximum extent allowable by law, and I don't know what the differences are on that or whatever, but... Wait, what does that mean? He There are people right now that are private shareholders? No. Oh. Uh, so when you take a company public, it then becomes anybody in the world can buy it. They don't have to ask permission first, whereas a private company, 
you can still sell shares in a private company. It's just you get to approve who the shareholders are. But you said he's going to keep private shareholders. So what does that That's mean? That's what I meant. He, what I meant by that is he's going to have shareholders oh. still with a private Twitter. He's still going to allow people to have shares in his company. That's mm. the idea. Um, how many of them, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are on how many you can have or what those limits might be. No idea. I know that if you, uh, if you are going to buy more than 5% of a publicly traded company, you have to declare it. Right. Yeah. And he did that. Uh, last week or whatever. So uh, going outside of the United States here, you can comment on that. We talked about ghost guns and uh, Bitcoin and psychopaths. But El Salvador, uh, this is a story from MSN.com and reporting actually the New York Times uh, on Nayib Bukele, who we've had some commentary on here. He's the president of El Salvador. He's this guy. He wears a backwards baseball cap. He's 40 or 41 years old, so relatively young for a president of a of a nation. And he's supposedly this like real hip Bitcoin guy. Well, guess what? He's also an authoritarian. Whoa, shocker! Psycho. What? He's a politician? Yeah, here's what happened. Uh, The most recent thing. After a dramatic spike in killings over a single weekend last month, Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele's reaction was swift and extreme. He sent soldiers into poor neighborhoods to round up thousands of people who he claimed were gang members, then paraded them in front of news cameras in their underwear and handcuffs. He tweeted pictures of detainees who had been bruised and bloodied by his security forces, suggesting that they, quote, maybe fell, unquote, or, quote, were eating fries with ketchup, unquote. What? They were bloody. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, what's wrong with this guy? And he started feeding the nation's prisoners two meals a day instead of three, warning that if violence continued, quote, I swear to God, they won't eat a single grain of rice. So unquote. all prisoners, not even just just the gang members? Yep. And there's uh, alleged gang members. There's a lot of people in these these prisons, by the way. It's it's one of these southern, you know, Central American, South American countries that is known for overpopulated prison facilities mm. where you've got um, I was looking at stories about this last week. You've got 90 people in a cell designed for 30. One of those kind of situations, like severe overcrowding. And they literally just added thousands more in one fell swoop. It's a distinct look for Bukele, who's been focused in recent months on presenting himself to the world as a modern tech innovator on a quest to turn El Salvador into a cryptocurrency paradise. Not only is he now embracing the monoduro techniques of past Latin American leaders, he is going much further, using the homicide spree, which left 87 people dead in three days, as a pretext for suspending civil liberties and attacking the press. Wait. Sorry, the homicide spree that left 87 people dead in three days. Who did that? The ostensible gang members. So, okay. Could it just be that the government did that so that he could crack down on civil civil liberties? I mean, could false be. flag. False flags are a thing. Absolutely. So. Uh, in recent days, Bukele and his loyalists in the Legislative Assembly ordered a state of emergency. We all know what that means. It means they do whatever they want. Yep. Right. Uh, That restricts freedom of association, suspends the norm that detainees be informed of their rights at the moment of arrest, and denies prisoners access to lawyers. Suspects can now be held for 15 days without any charges instead of the previous restriction of 72 hours, meaning the vast majority of the recent arrestees haven't even seen a judge. 
Congress also authorized prison sentences of up to 15 years for news outlets that disseminate messages from the gangs, a vaguely worded statute that press freedom activists fear Bukele will use to crack down on his media critics. And remember, we've talked about Bukele before in reference to what happened surrounding the legal tender status of Bitcoin in the country, where right around the time when that law was being put into effect, he went and he snatched up one of his critics with a a police contingent that decided to arrest this man basically for no reason whatsoever. They ended up turning him loose because they didn't really have anything to charge him with, but just to try to intimidate uh, one of the critics of the the Bitcoin bill, they just arrested him and trumped up a bunch of, you know, a waste of his time, essentially. He's Bitcoining wrong. He sure is. Uh, Ruth Lopez, the anti-corruption director at the Central American Human Rights Organization, Cristosal, she says the rise in homicides shouldn't be a justification for the total suspension of rights. Since then, or since he took office in 2019, Bukele and his congressional allies have steadily amassed more power. They've seized control of the Supreme Court, and which we've talked about that before with Bukele. We were aware of that uh, situation that happened, I believe, before the Bitcoin thing. That was one of the things that some of the critics who, when this dude was getting all this attention from Bitcoiners, like, oh, a politician, he, he really likes us. This politician <laughs> likes us. Somebody pointed out, uh, yeah, this dude stacked the Supreme Court with his people so he could get a second term in office because they previously had term limits on the president in El Salvador of one term. Mm. Not anymore. And so that was one example given of why this guy is bad news. And now there are more. Uh, He replaced the attorney general with one of his allies and removed hundreds of prosecutors and lower court judges, a purge that Human Rights Watch has said left, quote, virtually no independent institutions capable of overseeing the executive branch. So whatever checks and balances they'd had in El Salvador, he's wiping them out. Bukele, that Bukele would use the spate of homicides as a pretext to further consolidate power, is no surprise to his critics, who believe he may be preparing to stay in office past 2024 when he's supposed to step down, even though El Salvador's constitution bans consecutive presidential terms. But they also say there may be another motive for his new tough-on-crime stance, diverting attention from the deepening failure of his cryptocurrency experiment. And I don't know if they mentioned it in this story, but he was supposed to appear at the Bitcoin convention that just happened in Miami last week. There's this huge Bitcoin Miami thing that went on. I don't know how many thousands of people were attending this, but it was a huge thing. He was expected to speak there. He spoke there last year when he announced the Bitcoin legal tender thing. That was where he kind of revealed that. Mm. And so he's supposed to come back, right? Like give us an update or there was some sort of uh, thing that he was going to announce about the Bitcoin, uh, what's it called? The Bitcoin city that they're going to be building down there. I don't know what they call it. There's there's another name for it, but um, that uh, he didn't show up. He actually sent a notice saying that he had to deal with something in El Salvador that needed his attention. And a new president dictator things. He wasn't clear on what exactly that was, but it was at the same time that they were making these arrests. So I guess the suggestion was that, oh, well, you know, there's all these really important arrests that we have to be invo- I have to be involved in, even though he's the president. Obviously, so he's not going to be doing that. Did he cancel like the day of that he was supposed to be there or pretty close, like oh, wow. right before the event started? He 
you know, sent notice he wasn't going to be able to make it. Didn't even bother to like make a recorded statement, from what I understand. Just <laughs> sent a letter. So maybe they're right here saying that he's trying to divert attention from the what they're calling failure of his cryptocurrency experiment. When you try to centrally control something that is not designed to be centrally controlled, you're going to have problems. What are you saying? The Bitcoin crypto? He's forcing people to take it as the national currency. And use his app and... Yeah, well, gonna... yeah, they have a government app, and yeah, he could force people. It is in the law that they could, but they haven't supposedly been doing that. Right. But that could change. Yeah. There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. More on the crackdown on human rights in El Salvador. And you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones open. You can join us here. 603-283-6160. We're talking about the tyrant in El Salvador who wants all the Bitcoiners to think he's a real cool guy. Well, not. If he thinks you're in a gang, you get arrested and don't have access to a lawyer. You have uh, up to 15 days that you can be held without charges now under these new uh, the new state of emergency. And they're also uh, rewording some legislation that may allow people in news media to be punished if they can accuse them of, quote, disseminating messages from the gangs, unquote. We'll tell you more about this uh, here in moments. Again, Ian, Matt, and Bonnie with you. We're going to go to the phones and your calls and thoughts. Bad Slave is on the line here. Uh, Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live calling from New Hampshire. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm really glad to hear that. One of the things I wanted to bring up was, um, you know, Mark and his um, ZA whatever program. ZA stands for and, a Special Economic Zone. And I think, you know, if the guy who's running El Salvador is, is the same kind of tin pot, you know, dictator that... Um, that would be running. Was it uh, Guatemala? Honduras. You're saying Mark is and uh, Mark is a tin pot dictator, and that's what he wants. <laughs> no, the one that's running Honduras is what he's saying, th- oh. which is where Mark wants to go. Absolutely. Yeah, Mark Thank wants to go man. to an island that is uh, north of Honduras, but technically still part of Honduras. But I guess his idea is that it's far enough away from the mainland to where the mainland won't be a problem. That there's like no cops. Or anything like that, so he thinks they're going to leave him alone. Ha! I kind of, I kind of have the same exact reaction. <laughs> Bad slave. Uh, I don't do that on the air, but when I talk to Mark in, per- in person, what I say is, "Ha!" Yeah, I'm skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. I, I, well, think- I mean, it, it's just silly. And and you know, there he is advertising. You know, more than once or twice, even. Uh, you know, on during a program. Uh, you know, to uh, the, I think re, probably redirects a few people who would, might be good liberty people here in the Free State Project, and and nah. I'm just I'm, I'm hey, just you know, not pleased. 
It's it might there. There's always an outside. Who would have thought the Free State Project would have had any effect in New Hampshire a long time ago? So, and it has significantly. And well, I thought it would. That's why I moved here. Yeah. Right. A lot of people. A lot of people and looking I'm, out, looking I'm, inside from the outside, said, "You know, that's lunacy. That's never going to work." Hmm. But clearly, it has. And there's a bunch of people who did. You and I included, and Bonnie. And uh, but so you know, you never know. Whack, wacko bird ideas sometimes grab, mm-hmm. and all you need is uh, a lot of belief that it's going to work, and and putting in the sweat equity. And Mark Edge is the kind of person who can do that type of stuff. So we'll see. Go ahead, Bad Slave. Well, I was just going to say that um, you know I moved in 1991, and you know I had a small you know cabal of. Uh, of of liberty folk uh, that I you know was connecting with, you know starting out with Jack Schimmick back in the day, and uh, you know one of the things that Jack did was he made a trip down to um, uh, uh, what's a little tiny Central American country there. There's with, a ton uh, of them. One that speaks English. Uh, uh, oh, the one that starts with a Panama. B. I'm forgetting the name. Anyway, of it. Belize. Belize, thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> Belize. Yeah. There's the town. Yeah. Yeah. He he actually drove his old Mercedes mm-hmm. all the way from New Hampshire to uh to Belize and spent a oh. you know, couple of months down there or something like that. But mm-hmm. you know, he's oh. he's still here. And and you know, I just you know, Mark is 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 in a fantasy world. Uh, with regards to the Zetas, I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just disappointed. I, I've always really, really liked Mark. I've known him for, you know, almost as long as you guys have shown up. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just, I'm just like, what's the matter with, with Mark? I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, just can't stay in one place or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I've never gotten that feeling from Mark. He never really seemed to be that sort of flighty uh, butterfly type. But that said, I, I understand where yeah. you're coming from. Bonnie, were you trying to uh, say something? Well, there? first I wanted to ask Bad Slave, where did you move from? I always thought you were a native. I, I, moved, I moved just over the border. I was up in the Worcester area um, in uh, Massachusetts. And I also wanted to say I really like Mark, too, and I wish he would just... Uh, wanted to stay in New Hampshire, but I think his thing is that our studios keep getting raided by the FBI, and the idea of you and all your friends going to jail just because you believe in free speech is a scary thing, so he's trying to think of a solution. That's valid. Yeah. Well, it is valid, and, and, uh, you know, to me, um, you know, I, I think there's plenty... Uh, it, within our own general court here in New Hampshire, that can be done about just completely taking the 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 you know the the legs out from under uh, any federal enforcement activity. Well, because- I mean, I definitely appreciate your optimism there, but we saw what happened with the the first crack at an independence uh, well, the first piece crack. of legislation. Yeah, it was the first crack. There were only yeah, thirteen people that voted you know, for it. Uh, but the thing is, Mark's in a rush, right? Like he feels like he's uh, he's getting older, and time's running out for him, and he feels like he needs to do something now uh, to achieve more freedom. I, I get where he's coming from. I, I understand his frustration. I don't agree 
with uh, with you know his conclusions that he's made. I, I don't think he gave the Free State Project enough time. Honestly, I think he expected way too much out of it um, too soon. But but to be honest or to be fair to to Mark, he would never have moved here if uh, Free Talk Live hadn't moved here. I mean, he he only moved here because he followed the show up here. He never would have right. come up here on his on his own volition. So as much as he's a likable guy and everybody, you know, people like Mark, um, he just wasn't yeah. really the right person for this movement in the first place. So he didn't well, have what it took, you know. But but I, you know, I I I think it's 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 pretty negative to uh, to try to interfere with other people. Well, that, I don't think uh, he's interfering. Are... I mean, uh, he's competing, well, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with competition. Well, he's always putting us down. Well, he's he's doing that less now. He, he's he's doing less put downs. He's focusing more on, I think, building a thing now, and that's that's a good thing. I think he's finally figured out what he wants to do. He spent the last half decade looking around the world and traveling to different places and trying to choose where he wanted to end up. And and honestly, bad slave, I don't think it's a big threat to the Free State Project. I I understand your concerns about that. You don't want him to siphon off some activists. But, but I don't think it's likely. I don't think he's likely to get many people to move down to a small island with less than two or three thousand people on it. There's, you know, not well, even a grocery store. The people store. who he does aren't going to be the people who would have moved to New Hampshire that has well, four seasons. Right. That's the point that I want to make on that. And thank you, Bad Slave, for the call. Uh, the people that are likely to come to New Hampshire are not going to be interested. I don't think most of them in moving to this very small island. In the middle of it might be great for nowhere. liberty people who love the tropics or yeah. and a small community, very small. Cause... If you have the ability to work from home and you want to live in a very very small place, then maybe you want to go there. If you want to join the largest movement, you want to be here. This is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. We're going to get back into the story here about El Salvador. Uh, Did you guys feel like you said everything you needed to say about the whole Mark Edge uh, Free State Project competition situation? I imagine it's going to come up again as Mark continues to develop whatever it is that he's putting together down there and uh, inevitably is going to start promoting it i'm sure bad slave won't i hope be happy it works about out that. i mean I, I mean there's there's potential there i i do too i i hope that it works out because i want to see mark happy you know yeah. I, want, I want him to find a place that he feels good uh living the only reason that there's this idea that there's some kind of like back and forth or fight between us is because mark keeps attacking the free estate project instead of just promoting his thing there's room for both nobody else would be nobody would be saying anything negative about it if mark wasn't saying negative things about the free estate project but as you said he has backed off well even if he weren't uh, attacking the new hampshire migration i would still be critical of what he's doing just simply because i am just not of the belief that the honduran government is just going to turn a blind eye to a bunch of you know, Bitcoin rich people showing up in their territory and if they were smart and they wanted yeah. prosperity for their people in their place, they would totally allow that to happen. Well, just turn their eye, blind eye. But they're 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 government show government yeah. people. Well, and- Mark has a lot of answers for that. And he usually kind of convinces me that's 
probably not something that's going to happen. They're probably not going to roll in tanks for, well, probably well, they, they not. They can't really roll in a tank very easily. It's an island and it would be hard to, <laughs> well, <laughs> it whatever would be hard to do that. They would roll but in. they could have troops or something like that they could come in with for sure. But my biggest criticisms of it, since we're talking about it anyway, mm-hmm. are more just, I don't want to live my life like that, like a small island where there's like a few places to buy things. I think like, there's like one restaurant or something. Yeah, no, I, I would not want to live like that. It's awful. And also, I think it's kind of hedonistic to just say, I'm going to go live my life on an island and uh, have a, a good life myself. Screw what everybody else on earth is going through and their uh, human suffering. Is that hedonistic or narcissistic? To go back to our conversation from earlier. It's definitely hedonistic to just say, I care about the pleasures of myself and don't care about the, you know, the troubles of Earthmen other than me. <laughs> Earthmen. But I don't know. Mark might be a narcissist. Do you think so? You'd have to ask him that question. Well, you asked the question, so that's why I said it. <laughs> I'm just asking. No, I, no I've seen Mark be very, very, very caring and... and uh, giving and uh no there's no doubt he's a good guy he's a very good dude for sure Uh, and i think he's doing this for his his reasons which are not necessarily the wrong reasons and there may be other people who have the same reasons and like i said i don't think of all narcissists as a bad thing so i'm not saying anything mean about mark i really like him uh so the number here is 603-283-6160 you know it's funny we're talking about el salvador i've got more to that story i also had the story about uh, what's going on in Honduras? There was some news about that recently, and I don't know if I've got it handy, but it was basically about uh, Bitcoin being announced as the sort of official currency or the, the legal tender. Here it is in uh, what's called Prospera or Prospera, which is right next door to where Mark wants to set up his thing. So Mark was originally looking at this Prospera thing, and he decided not to join it for some reason. I was think it on it was, Roatan? Yeah, Roatan, which is the island next door to where Mark is. Uh, that is, uh, and I, I can't speak for him. I don't remember all the details, but I think it was like a personality issue with whoever the guy is that's running the, the Roatan thing. Yeah, but he didn't like the land, too. Hmm. Okay, I don't remember that that detail. I mean, Roatan's larger. There's like 20,000 people or something there. There's a lot more to do, that kind of thing. So it's a much but I think it was like, bigger place. They, it was like there's less... To develop or less for sale? I don't know. Something like that. I don't think that was it. I think he just didn't want to be a part of this uh, Prospera. Hmm. Anyway, Honduran officials announced April 8th the country will now accept Bitcoin as legal tender, but only in the special economic zone called Honduras Prospera. As reported by Crypto Slate in late March, the Central American country of Honduras signaled its intent to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. At that time, the president said the neighboring El Salvador might not be the only country to free itself from the dollar hegemony. However, then the central bank walked that back, if I recall correctly, and said they had no ch- uh, no intention of adopting cryptocurrency. However, they are only announcing it for the special economic zone, Honduras Prospera. It was established in, uh, in 2020 as an economic development hub to attract investment in entrepreneurial opportunities. Located on the island of Roatan, about 65 kilometers off the northern coast of Honduras, it boasts a tropical climate and a burgeoning infrastructure with plans to turn the area into a futuristic enterprise paradise. And I remember when Mark was telling me about Roatan, because he was, he was very excited about it for you know a time. There was, Mark's kind of like been jumping around and going to different places for the last half a decade, and this was one of them. And he said that apparently Roatan is English-speaking. Hmm. It kind of has like an interesting history as a pirate island. 
where that's where the pirates were were located down there, like one of the spots uh, for pirates. So like a lot of the things on Roatan are named after pirates and and things like that. And so there's apparently a lot of English <laughs> English speakers who go there to uh, retire and uh, you know expatriates that, that go there to live. So it's an interesting place to start one of these special economic zone experiments. Uh, it is the first of many planned development hubs in Honduras to follow the Prospera blueprint. Such projects may push the adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender across Honduras as new development breaks ground. The Honduras Prospera official said the zone's fiscal and administrative autonomy enables crypto innovation and allows for the use of Bitcoin by all entities established there. Now, really, the question is how far along is this Prospera? I mean, because, you know, when I first heard about it, it was just a plot of land that was completely undeveloped i mean how far have they come have they have they built uh you know, residential areas are there business districts i mean what are they trying to do the way these and things why do are- they need to allow people to use crypto that's what i'm con- confused about if this is like some free society well um the difference of course being in a free place anything would be allowed in theory uh but with companies or whatever they feel more comfortable when there's some sort of a legal structure when you can say ah bitcoin is legal here Mm, see we have a regulatory structure that says it's okay to do bitcoin things here but uh they say here rotan is is still in the early stages of development and has not even uh, built their first residential units the elephant in the room, they say, is that Honduras Prospera is geographically small within Honduras and is not the country itself. Statement by the Central Bank of Honduras points to friction amongst the country's chain of command. As a result, the central bank says it cannot back cryptocurrency and activity of this type is solely the individual's responsibility, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll, you know, if we hear more about Prospera, we'll certainly let you know about it. And uh, maybe next time Mark calls in, we'll ask him why he didn't just go there and and set up uh on that island because it's much larger as i said there's you know there's a veterinary clinic there's there's restaurants there's a variety of things infrastructure for for people to do oh i didn't even think about that there's no vet on utila i'm not gonna be able to there's nothing on utila i mean hardly anything there's just a couple thousand people yeah i'm not gonna be able to take coconut there and he accidentally eats a sea urchin yeah i mean you've driven through towns in new hampshire with a couple thousand people and you just blink and it's gone right Mm -hmm. like there's nothing (laughs) there's nothing there to speak of uh, so that's that's the latest there from uh, from Honduras. It's it looks promising, looks interesting, and we'll definitely keep our eyes on it. So back to the story about uh, El Salvador, where Nayib Bukele is cracking down on uh, using what they call mono duro techniques. And I think that basically means heavy handed. Oh, I was wondering what that uh, meant. Spanish. Um, that uh, they're cracking down on so-called gang members and that they're putting them in in prison for up to fifteen days without charges. These are over stacked prisons already with way too many people in them and they're uh, doing this all under a so-called state of emergency and they say the critics say they believe he's doing all of this the president down there to take attention away from what they're calling his failed cryptocurrency experiment and it could also be a million other things that are going awry there that I well, really does. The Bitcoin thing doesn't seem that big to me down there. Yeah, and it's it's easy to call the Bitcoin experiment a failure because while well, the price of Bitcoin went down immediately after basically he set up the uh, the scene down there, and it hasn't really recovered since that time. So from a financial perspective, it looks bad on paper, but we all know that if you hold on to Bitcoin long enough, it has a tendency to come on back. It does and reach new record highs. More coming up. 
Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the uh, crackdown in El Salvador. Nayib Bukele, the dictator down there. Oh, no, no, no. He's a president. He's been elected. Well, he's also stacking the Supreme Court to try to overrule the Constitution, basically, and allow him to have a second term because uh, he's constitutionally not supposed to be doing that. But he might just get away with it. Critics say that uh, they believe that Bukele is rounding up people that are he's simply accusing of being in gangs and putting them in prison cells for two up to two weeks, 15 days behind bars without any charges, not giving them access to attorneys and cutting the food at the prisons from three meals a day to two just because probably because he doesn't have the money for this. And they've right. got a ton of people locked up right now. Uh, El so, Salvador is in a, a perennial hellhole with, you know, bad, bad supply problems and stuff. And it could be that this experiment with Bitcoin becomes this amazing success. And I really do hope for them that it does for the people of El Salvador, not because I care about El Bukele or uh, whatever, but I, you know, because the people of El Salvador, for the most part, not so wealthy, right? Like to, to actually have the opportunity to get into Bitcoin to have easy access to it, they, you know, to the to the credit of the government, there are hundreds of Bitcoin vending machines all around El Salvador. The government's wallet sucks, and the system that they've created is no good, and they're trying to force it down people's throats. And so they went about this the entire wrong way. But if some people get into Bitcoin who hadn't previously because of this, and they end up being successful with it, then that's going to be a good thing uh, for those folks. We'll see how it all plays out. Bukele's war on suspected gang members, according to the New York Times, began last month after three straight days of intense killing. Officials said 62 people were killed on the second day, making it the country's most violent day this century, March 26th. The gangs down there, which emerged in the 90s after the U.S. began deporting thousands of immigrants who had been convicted of crimes, have long preyed on society, extorting payments from small business owners in many regions. So these sound like the government, basically. In 2018, the country averaged about nine killings per day, a significant drop compared with just a few years earlier when there were as many as 17 homicides a day. And this is a country of like a few million people, like six or seven million. Under Bukele, that average fell to around four per day. He's credited his so-called territorial control plan, a security program whose details he has never revealed. But investigative journalists and U.S. officials explained the dramatic reduction of homicides differently, saying his administration has simply negotiated with the gangs to bring down the killings. U.S. Treasury Department recently announced sanctions against his vice minister of justice and a top presidential aide for cutting a deal with the leaders of the MS-13 gang. Sanctions followed uh, reporting from investigative news site El Faro that revealed evidence of the pact, including prison reports from covert meetings between officials and gang leaders. Wow. I wonder what kind of agreement. Uh, Apparently a secretive one. They're they're somehow getting these gangs to agree to... Kill less people. Kill fewer gang members. (laughs) Bukele has denied those claims vehemently. Many in El Salvador assume the explosion of violence signaled a breakdown of the truce. In the ensuing crackdown, the military has set up checkpoints in poor neighborhoods, and police have been ordered to stop and frisk anyone they suspect. And more than 6,000 people have now been arrested by security forces. Wow. 
Bukele claims they're all gang members, and given the country's history of gang warfare, a large segment of the population appears to have little problem with his tactics. Because you know how the tough-on-crime people are here in the United States. Those mm-hmm. people exist everywhere. Like, not cases. They don't care about rights. They don't care about stop and frisk. They support things like that. I saw some woman... Like Dan from Nebraska. Sure, but also people on the right wing as well. The yep. tough-on-crime people... They're, they're tough everywhere. Tough-on-crime people are on both the right and the left. Yep, statism, statism. And, mm-hmm. and we know it doesn't work. Uh, but human rights activists say the arrests are indiscriminate, with many innocent people being swept up and their basic rights to due process denied. Yeah, I mean, if you happen to look like a, a gangster... <laughs> You're going to get arrested. I mean, they don't like need people's, evidence. People's rights are being denied just by the guy saying to the police, stop and frisk anyone you suspect. Yep. In the nation's capital, families have gathered outside detention centers every day waiting for news of their missing loved ones. Quote, my son had never been detained and never had any problems, said one woman waiting outside of a police station known as El Penalito this week, who asked not to give her name because she's afraid of... Government retaliation. Oh, of course. Her 20-year-old son was arrested. Well, also, the gangs. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Probably both gangs. Yeah. The, her son was arrested March 27th in a raid on their town just miles west of San Salvador, which is the capital, and she hasn't heard from him since. Quote, he and my daughter sold fruits and vegetables where we live. He just went to work and came straight back to the house. People from my church have been collecting money to help me. You think they would do that if my son was a gang member? Right. Mm. The crackdown has has uh, left many young people in poor neighborhoods wondering whether they might be arrested next, said Pastor Pedro Gonzalez, who asked parishioners at his church in a working class neighborhood in the capital to write letters that male members can show security forces explaining that they're Christians. This is scary. What if they're just trying to round up all the males right now so they can do something really bad to everyone? Yikes. Quote, almost the whole church has offered to sign letters so when they get pulled over by the police, at least they'll have something to show. I don't want to be silent, said Gonzalez, the pastor. He says, and I'm not going to say everyone who lives in gang-controlled communities is a criminal. So that's what's going on right now in El Salvador. Checkpoints. Bastion of freedom. El Salvador. Yeah, well, you say that, Bonnie, and that's because the president down there is trying to position his administration as some sort of freedom-loving system. And the opposite seems to be the case. But if you read his tweets, if all you believe is what this man says, and there's a lot of Bitcoiners who've fallen under his spell— it's just we're waiting for some charismatic politician to grab them by the hand and lead them to Bitcoin. What are they calling it? Bitcoin City or whatever. This new thing they're uh, they're pushing down there. Important that you said Bitcoiners and not libertarians. Not yeah. all Bitcoiners are libertarians. That's true. Yeah. And that's a really important point. A lot of the people in the Bitcoin community these days, they don't understand liberty. They don't care about freedom. Nope. They don't even know about the principles that Bitcoin was born out of. No. Are you saying they're psychopaths? You know? Well, I don't know. Who, I don't know them, but <laughs> I, I would say this about them, that they are just in it for the money. And a lot of us... Number go up. Yeah, they want the number to go up. They, uh, they, they see it as an investment, mm-hmm. right? They don't see it as something that's going to change the world or re- reshape finance or empower the individual. Or I'd say they actually peace. hinder it by not using it as by not using it in trade. They're probably not speeding up the uh, the increase of its price in the first place. They're sitting mm-hmm. on it. That's true, and that is what they advocate for. It, by the way, is just oh, buy it and sit on it. Hoddle is what they say, and. And you're right, Matt, to not use something as a currency that was intended for that means that it's not as valuable yeah, as it otherwise stagnates. would be. 
Yeah, but who cares? There's already Bitcoin Cash that works better anyway. Even if yeah. Bitcoin was worth the dollar, it would be a success. Even mm-hmm. if it was a steady worth the dollar, not forced to be. Mm-hmm. If it, that's just what everybody took it as, what the market it, what it saw it as, it would be a success. It would be hard to say that given that it's now at $40,000. So it would be down from 40000 to $1. I don't know. If no, I don't mean if it that. went there i'm just saying if it always just stayed that way oh, you're saying if it hit a dollar. dollar and didn't go any higher yeah it'd be a yes. success yes you're correct about that because it would have gone come up from zero and was no was i'm not even saying because number went up i'm saying because it's it can do what it was intended to do it wasn't mm. intended to just be a thing you're the, saying if people, people were getting, using it yeah people getting rich was just an icing on top of the cake the cake right. is that there's a peer-to-peer cash system that people can use to not have to use the dollar. Well, there was, and then they ruined it by not actually expanding the network to allow for more transactions. And that's why per I mentioned second. Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, Bitcoin <laughs> Bitcoin Cash is certainly uh, able to handle more transactions uh, in any given what they call block. But Bitcoin Cash sometimes has real slow block times, and so does the regular Bitcoin too. Every now, it's supposed to happen every ten minutes, roughly. That there's a, what they call a block mined onto the blockchain. Not to get too technical, but the blockchain is the public ledger that's behind Bitcoin. That's what sort of the magic. Some of the magic is. So there's the crypto aspect it of it, and then there's the the blockchain aspect of it. These are the two magic ingredients that make this thing work. Decentralization is also really important, and distributed uh, data, but. The thing is, the because of the the way the mining is, sometimes you might be waiting a half an hour for a block. Yeah, um, with Bitcoin Cash, yeah, it's been giving me problems recently. So, I and mean, even just when I open like my Edge wallet, Bitcoin Cash is the last one to finish loading and tell tell me what my uh, amount is. Okay, I like Dash. More, Let's say that's Dash. probably more an issue <laughs> with the Edge's server than it is with Bitcoin Cash in the mm-hmm. case. But yeah, Dash has four four times the block speed. Of, uh, of Bitcoin Cash. Dash has finality that's irreversible. They've got protection against 51% attacks. Uh, of course, Monero is super private, and uh, those are two of my favorites. We'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online between now and then over at freetalklive.com. We we'll look forward to seeing you on our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. Adios.